What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Posbon, and you are listening to part four of episode 17 of VGM Generations. And special announcement. This is actually our 50th episode. <gasps> wow, an anniversary episode yeah. of some sort. What is that? <laughs> Halfway that, to 100. What, what is what is Half is a like, centennial. <laughs> I don't no, know I was thinking like, because like uh, 60th is like a diamond celebration. Oh, so like, I, I what's don't know. 50, I don't know. Uh... Cubic zirconia. <laughs> yes, this is our cubic zirconia. Our cardboard anniversary. It was cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, it's the 50th episode, which is very exciting for me. But uh, yeah, and with me as always is Aaron Blauchuk. Hi. And Norm Garrett. Hello. And in this series of episodes, we are talking about puzzle games, and it's my turn to go first yet again. And I am talking about a mobile game. <gasps> a strictly, well, started out as strictly a mobile they game. They have puzzle games on mobile? They do. They, it's, wow. they have lots of them. But uh, the game I'm talking about is a game called Threes, and you have to say it like that because there's an exclamation mark at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the track uh, is beautifully titled Threes is the Bee's Knees, which I love. <laughs> um, That's the only reason you picked this, I'm sure. <laughs> no, that's not the only reason, but uh, it is developed by a uh, uh, company called Servo, which is a couple of guys named Asher Volmer and Greg Woolwind, and published by Servo in 2014. And the music is by Jimmy Hinson, uh, known affectionately online by his artist name, Big Giant Circles, which I think is a great name for, <laughs> for a, a one-man band. Um so basically threes, uh, if you don't know, is a uh, it's a math puzzle game where you're trying to create the biggest multiples of three and you're on a grid of, I believe it's four by four, and you start off with a smattering of threes, ones and twos. Um, ones and twos can only be combined to make a three. Uh, and then basically you're sliding, you're just sliding your thumb around and um, things combine when they can no longer move forward. So if there's a gap, it will just slide up. But if you hit a wall or if you hit another number that's pressed against the wall, you will combine them. So three combines to six, six combines to 12 and so on. Um, so, uh, it's very simple concept for a game, but extremely addictive. Uh, Apple named it the best iPhone game of 2014. So, and, um, the thing that makes it so addictive is you always feel like you can do better. It's just one of those things where you're like, <laughs> yeah, I felt that way too. I played it. And yeah, I'm like, you, you I were saying you played it right? this game. Yeah, I'm going to go play something else. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I meant. Uh, what I meant was you always feel like you can get a higher score. And it's just like, it's very much, I feel like it's totally a, it's almost like a chess like thing where you need to think a few moves ahead. So if you, if you just focus on, on just, getting the highest number, you will end up filling the board. And when you fill the board, the game ends. So if you can no longer slide, the game's over. So you need to monitor the other numbers and make sure you're not trapping yourself by putting all the twos in one corner and all the ones in the other corner blocked off by other numbers. So, and, and you can see what's coming next, like Tetris up at the top. You can see what the next thing is and you can like see what the move is going to be by kind of sliding it, but not releasing. So there's a lot there. It's a very, Deceptively simple game would be, I think, Which the way to describe it. All the best puzzle games actually are. Yeah, easy so, to learn, hard to master. Right. And I was telling uh, Mike before the podcast that I, I did play threes. It's one of those games that I got in you one of those, you know, Starbucks like app of the week. Here's the oh, app, you got it for app free. Of the week card. Yeah, I got it for free. And uh, I played it for a little while, but it never grabbed me. I guess I'm a bigger fan of like spatial puzzle games than I am of numerical puzzle games. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's totally fair. 
I actually thought though when I was playing it, I was like, I wonder if Aaron will like this because I know you're a big puzzle game fan. I think we've talked about that before. But Aaron's I'm not a math fan. Not a math fan. More spatial puzzles. Yeah. So, um, but one of the things that makes this game so great is uh, the little tune that plays. It's the same tune you hear the whole time you're playing the game and it just, it literally just loops. So you get to the end and it starts over, but it's just like, it's such a good little tune and it fits the game so well. So um, let's listen to the tune and we'll come back and talk about some other stuff about the development of the game and the song itself.
should be like a waltz. It should be like in three, four time or something like that. Yeah, it is very like <laughs> kind of waltzy classical. To keep in with that threes theme though. It should oh, be, oh, I it see. It should be like saying. all triplets and then like three, four times. So <laughs> like a little musical joke there for you. So I, I never played threes, but you do see it on a lot of like top puzzle game lists. Yeah, I did play one that suspiciously sounds a lot like what you described. But oh, the okay. number was seven. Oh, I okay. think it was an. It must be a knockoff of the <laughs> three. Knockoff seven. Like, it was pretty tedious to be honest. Yeah, because seven's a pretty high number compared to three. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I probably should have tried threes instead. Well, keep that in mind because we're we're gonna come back to that. But I played twenty ones and it was just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it would just keep going. You had up to project it onto a wall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so we're gonna come back to that stuff. But let's talk about the um, the composer and the development of the song. So uh, Jimmy actually. Um, started his musical career um, composing with Jack Wall, the uh, the very famous Jack Wall on games like Mass Effect 2 and Black Ops 2. And he has also composed for uh, Borderlands 2 and Street Fighter 2 HD Remix. He's and done all the twos. Yeah, I was, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, kept, I was like, there's a trend here for yeah. sure. And I was like, maybe he just wants to get pack, yeah. past two and that's why he made threes. <laughs> you got a sequel. You got to hire this guy. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty crazy that he started out um, started out with Jack Wall like in the professional industry. But before that, he had uh, been submitting remixes and arrangements to OC Remix for years. Um, so he kind of started out as a hobby and then made it his job, which is pretty cool. Um, he has kickstarted a chiptune album called The Glory Days, which raised $62,778, and it only had a goal of 5000 <laughs> So <laughs> he hit all every single one of his stretch goals. And um, it features all, features all sorts of other artists. He has the an album and then a remix album. So between those two, uh, Disaster Piece, who I talked about earlier this month, is wrote on it, Vert, uh, Jay Kaufman has yeah. wrote on it, Megaran and Austin Wintory, which is big, some big names <laughs> to drop there. Um, and then so about the development of this song specifically, uh, he wrote a bit of a uh, postmortem on his blog and I'm going to detail some of the points here. So um, the first draft of the music, which you can hear on the blog, uh, was a very different song. It was like an IDM style uh, of song, like very electronic, nothing like this. And um, he sent it to the two creators, Asher and Greg. Asher was like, this is okay, but I'm not sure if it fits. And Greg, uh, who was really the designer uh, or like the illustrator for the game, was, after hearing it thought, maybe the game doesn't even need music. And uh, Jimmy was like a little you know, apprehensive and he, he didn't know like, oh man, am I going to get pulled right off the project? And he's like, so he wrote him back and he's like, I, I disagree that it doesn't need music. This probably just isn't the right type of music or it doesn't fit what you're thinking of. And so um, what Greg wrote back was that he had been listening to this, the music off a uh, movie soundtrack called Waking Life. And that music just seemed to fit the game so well while he was developing the game. And so Jimmy went and listened to that. And it's it, it ends up sounding a lot like this, uh, what, you're, what you just listened to. But... Um, when Jimmy heard that, he was like, this is kind of outside of my musical wheelhouse. Like he's, he wrote him back and he said, I feel like I compose in just about can compose in just about any style of music, but this is really something different than I've ever done before. So he was very apprehensive about it and also agreed that the waking life soundtrack was maybe the best thing ever. So can I even write something better than that? Um, so he went and, um, he wrote, he wrote what he 
thought would fit, sent them a demo and they were like, this is fantastic. And so it was kind of funny. And he just wrote on the blog that it's kind of funny that Greg, who initially thought maybe the game didn't even need music, ended up being the biggest uh, like contributor to what the final sound was. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a little bit about the <laughs> games. Uh, and then, so back to what you were saying about playing a clone of the game. Um, so within weeks of the game's release, there were clones everywhere on iOS and Android. Uh, the two biggest being a game called, uh, oh, I think that's the wrong number, but it's 12, I think it's 1284 and 1024. And they were literally just like basic copies of the game, but a little worse. And, um, Shoddily slapped together, but yeah, exactly. Like quickly slapped together. The creator is actually called 20 or sorry. It was 2048. Uh, they called 2048. their the commander keen to their super Mario bros, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny, but, but commander keen is yeah, great. Come on. That's, that's the thing is, you, you know, if you know, if you know, commander keen, but not, not shoddily put together. No keen is, but good. kind of a bit of a ripoff. Um, so they were a bit annoyed that the games didn't even give uh, credit to their game. And uh, one of the games actually in the description of the game, it was like, we created this game so you don't have to buy threes. So they tried to get it taken off the store, but unsuccessfully. And then end of, in the end, what they ended up doing was because what people were saying when they were complaining about it was this is such a simple game. Why are you guys complaining? Like this couldn't have taken you that long to make. And it actually took them 14 months um, from the initial idea to the final putting out the game and they released all of their messages and emails to each other to be like, this just proves like this game did go through a development cycle. This isn't something that, you know, we actually put time and effort and blood, sweat and tears into this. It wasn't something we just came up with on a weekend and put it out. You know what I mean? And then so, a bunch of other developers in China said, yeah, but look, we're doing the same thing and it didn't take us any time at all. It, well, exactly. Yeah. But, and to the, which their response was, yeah, but you just copied us on so, the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Sort of thing. But, and and I've, I've certainly played my share of like really shoddy, like knockoff games. Like anytime there's something successful in the app store, you're going to get a million clones. And a lot of times when you're looking for the original, what will come up, you will stumble clones. on the clone. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of times it, they're trying to, make it so you would not even be able to tell the difference. So you will accidentally download, you know, yeah. the, the knockoff and you play it for a little while and think, why are people so excited about this? This is terrible. <laughs> and then somebody goes, that's the wrong game, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that whole race to the bottom of the app store, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, my last point on threes is that um, there, there is actually an ending to the game, which I didn't know. Uh, but, and the best part is, 3.33 years after the game's release, somebody beat threes. And the the highest number you can achieve in threes is 12,288, which I can't even conceive of because <laughs> the highest number I've been able to hit after a week and a bit of playing this game very intensely is 192. 192, yeah. Which, so to get up to 12,000-something yeah. seems impossible. And uh, the funny part about it is the user that... Uh, like that submitted the pictures that said they beat it. Uh, the their Twitter handle is at threes porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's clearly the developer pretending to be like some <laughs> user. <laughs> that'd be yeah. funny, actually. That'd be a, that'd be a good 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 trick. But yeah, so that's that's all I have to say about threes. But I think the music. Um, 
wh- how I actually came upon this was, um, I think I mentioned last week, a lot of times if I have a hard time thinking of a topic, I'll go to Reddit or something like that. And this game kept popping up when you type in like best puzzle game music, threes pops up again and again and again. And even on his blog, um, Jimmy was saying like one of his, uh, it's probably the game he's actually known the best for. And people constantly write him or see him at conventions. They're going like, I love you, but I hate you because I cannot get the three song out of my head. And he's like, that's probably the biggest compliment I, uh, I ever get. So that's the mark of a good puzzle game. Yeah. So yeah, that's three puzzle games loop because most puzzle games are indefinite, right? So exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So what do you got for us now? Uh, well, okay. Um, at risk of repeating ourselves slightly <laughs> last week, Aaron <laughs> talked about Pokemon puzzle league. And I think at one point I mentioned it's, it's predecessor Tetris attack. Um, so I want to talk about Tetris Attack because I really like the music in that game. Um, the game's so nice, we're featuring it twice. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> very good. <laughs> Tetri- Tetris Attack was its uh, Super NES name. Uh, that was its name in the West. In Japan, it was called Panel de Pawn, and it's essentially exactly the same game, but um, it was reskinned essentially for Western release with Mario assets. And given the Tetris name, I think because Tetris was a relatively strong brand back then. Um, So I guess it's not the first time that's happened because with Super Mario Bros. 2, it wasn't, it was just a, it's kind of a unique IP, um, Doki Doki Panic back in Japan, and they skinned it with Mario assets. It's just funny that they felt like to sell it in the West, they basically had to skin it twice. It's like, here's Yoshi. And here's Tetris yeah. for some reason. Yeah, and actually, um, so maybe guess, they're just trying to double up. Well, they just wanted the name <laughs> recognition of Tetris. Exactly, yeah. and I, I was reading that the uh, the Tetris company later regretted uh, doing so because they felt it diluted their their brand. And I think the quote was actually I have it here. The quote from the Tetris company was, it's like naming another character Mickey Mouse just because you need the money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and wow. I don't know if that tracks for me because Mario's. <laughs> Mario's a pretty good brand, if you ask yeah. me. It's more like... Well, yeah. I mean, Tetris Tetris had the name recognition and everything like that. Yeah, with, with non, non-gaming yeah, people, yeah. right? And Just, and then yeah. to like throw the Tetris name on like something totally unrelated, It at that point, like if they'd kept doing that, the Tetris name, name would be nothing. It's just something yeah. you throw on a puzzle game. Truth. Yeah. So... Uh, so let me just go into a bit of facts about the game. It came out... So it came out in Japan as Paneled Upon in 1995, uh, and then in the US in 1996 as Tetris Attack. It was developed by Intelligent Systems, who's probably my favorite Nintendo development team over in Japan. They've done Advance Wars and Fire Emblem and a lot of good stuff. Yeah, that's, Paper Mario games. You're not, you're not alone in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and published, Who is this Intelligent Systems? And yeah, published, of course, by Nintendo. Um, uh, the composer was Masaya Kuzume. And looking up this composer, I didn't find a lot of information. Very few games attributed. Um, I think there was one Fire Emblem game and another... Um, it was a unique IP. I can't quite remember, but pretty much uh, this is his... his actually, I, I, I'm just assuming it's a he, but I'm not sure. Um, only The only real... Um, widespread it's, uh, it's his or her magnum opus. his or her magnum opus and it is one of my favorite soundtracks for the super famicom super nes uh it's uh which is why i chose it uh the track i chose was 
and I'll go into a bit more about the game itself after we play this, I guess. The track I chose was Flair's theme was in Panel Upon and Blarg's theme <laughs> in uh, Tetris Attack. <laughs> so I just want to ask, um, so in Tetris Attack, I mean, actually, in Panel Upon, was it all original characters to the Panel Upon series? It so was. It, they were all fairies. Uh-huh. And then in Tetris Attack, they were turned into enemies from Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, which is also one of my favorites. Do you Super know, Mario games. Do you know if Panel to Pawn is still a series that's going in Japan? Do they still make Panel to Pawn games or have those characters ever shown up again? They've not really. They've made cameos. Yeah. Uh, Smash Bros. has a few few things. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the flower item in Smash Bros. Yes. called Lip's Stick. Yes. Lip is the the Yoshi of Panel to Pawn. Oh. oh yes. That's interesting. So that, that's... I know that. And... <laughs> and um, you know, in Kirby, in Smash Bros, when Kirby does a stone, sometimes he'll turn into a pink block. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the garbage block. Oh, okay. From Tetris Stack, paneled upon. And I think, I don't know if they look the same in Pokemon Puzzle League, but... I don't that, remember. That's the reference there, anyway. So, anyway, this is Blarg's theme from Tetris Attack. <laughs>
So, <laughs> so about <laughs> Blargs. <laughs> I don't know if you remember what the Blarg is from Super Mario World is where he first appeared. Is this uh, creature oh, is it that... that guy comes out of the lava? Comes out of the lava. Yeah, and he's kind of made guy. up of lava and bones. Oh, is he the, like, he, he like, he's like a big snake? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a lava monster with eyes who's basically the lava, is he not? Or is he, is, or is he the uh, creature, the bone creature? He's supposed creature. to be a creature, I think. The bone creature oh, in the, the bone lava. Creature. Uh, from what, I can, what I've researched about Blarg. Yeah. <laughs> Blarg, I'm assuming. I, I, can, I can, like, hear his sound in my head right now, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Yoshi's Island had what they called a gargantua Blarg, which was essentially this tower of lava that would rise up. And I didn't, there was no hint of any underlying skeletal structure. He did have teeth, but that was it. Um, so anyway, uh, a lot of people <laughs> say the Blarg was a dinosaur, which I don't really agree with from a taxonomic perspective because <laughs> he lives in the lava. I like, and, how, yeah. I like how we're getting into the anatomy yeah. of the Blarg. <laughs> well, like a marine reptile, like a, um, like a plesiosaur, that wasn't a dinosaur, right? That was a marine reptile. So if I think you say so. <laughs> same with Blarg, right? That's a magmic reptile, I <laughs> yeah. guess, if anything. Yeah. yeah. Or it's just I loud. always assumed it was some sort of amorphous blob that had no, you know, internal structure at all. Yeah, that was that was kind of my best yeah. interpretation. But then you see like people drawing the full skeleton. Like, <laughs> I mean, you people probably, love to put skeletons in everything that don't necessarily have them. And they've done the same with the diglet. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've have seen, the big yeah. muscles underground. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I digress <laughs> huge. I was just talking about that muscly diglet guy yesterday. <laughs> It all comes back around. <laughs> we totally put it yeah. off track now. But anyway. Yeah, so um, I didn't really get in much uh, to the mechanics of the game. It's the same as Pokemon Puzzle League, where it's kind of a match three or more, and you clear the rows and... Make combos. Yeah, and I got a lot into it head-to-head -head with some friends, and I mentioned last week, I not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> so uh, still really enjoy the game, and like I said, it's got some of the best music on the... SNES that I that I've heard it's got uh, like kicking bass lines and uh, <laughs> rock drums which is kind of all I need yeah, yeah so <laughs> and which and you know bass lines and rock drums I think worked really well on the uh, SNES hardware too like there were a lot of games that had sort of like rock style soundtracks and they and they, they were the best yeah and I think it's probably just because they had the ability to sample drum sounds yeah. so you could get the punch the punchy drums, and I think they—that's uh, kind of the first time when it became widespread. So, yeah, in in my case, that's one of the things that stood out to me about the Super NES. So, is Blarg in the game? Is he? Is it a level? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just wondering where there's a bunch of politics associated with this. So buckle up, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they're all anim Yeah, each stage has a like in Pokemon Puzzle League I think it's tr the yeah, trainers, it's all the trainers right? you go through the gym badges right? yeah. yeah Pokemon Puzzle League where in Tetris Attack it's uh Mario uh Super Mario World 2 enemies so there's the Gargantua Blarg Lakitu is one um Poochie who wasn't actually an enemy in the game I don't know if you remember Poochie mm -hmm. he was an invincible dog um, who's awesome he's, he's in um, he's in the Poochie new... is in uh, Woolly World yeah it's yeah prominently they yeah. have like another they have like a Poochie uh, yeah, Woolly World yeah there's amiibo like now an actual yarn Poochie amiibo yeah yeah his music's super chill in that game too it's yeah another good one it's, it's another really good one uh, but anyway um so they're called Yoshi's friends, even though a lot of them are enemies. <laughs> <Even though> they're <laughs> real jerks. But Bowser has essentially, I don't know if he's ensnared them or entranced them. Well, it's like most 
citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom, right? Or Subcon. Yeah. They're just people. They're not really necessarily evil. They're just the citizens of that kingdom. Exactly, yeah. So, and shy guys are all over the place too. But they're so, always evil. So Yoshi basically <laughs> has to play a puzzle game against them and beat them to free them from Bowser's oh, control. Okay. And then you you progress through everyone's different stage. And then at the end, you fight Bowser. Spoiler, sorry. <laughs> and I submit <laughs> spoiler for like a 25 year old game. I submit that shy guys are not always evil. You race with them in uh, Mario Kart as well as play Tetris uh, with them, and you play in um, Mario Party as well. I think that's they're the exception to the rule. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but well, those uh, sniffets though, those things. Oh, are sniffets bad. are bad. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, there's no good sniffets. Which ones are the sniffets? They're the ones that shoot out of their face. They're wearing the little. Oh, gas they have mask. the little. They have the little like cannonballs that. Yeah, yeah. Come it in. looks like yeah. they're wearing a gas mask and they fire. They're from pellets. two, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Did they ever show up again? I had a realization mm. about sniffets actually. Oh, Sturm from Advance oh. Wars is a sniffet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't if, know if you, you know Advance Wars. I, I don't yeah. know that yeah. one, but you guys do. Well, any character wearing a gas mask, I'm gonna be like, that guy's a sniffet. sniffet. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got. He's even got like the blunderbuss kind of mouth coming out of the mask yeah he's gotta be a like a more advanced sniff yeah he's he's like the robocop of sniffets yeah, yeah he, kind of. he should pull off his mask and he'll just have a regular sniff sniff mask, mask underneath. underneath that'd be great yeah <laughs> no. all right the old deal with it yeah. sunglasses on sunglasses <laughs> um all right aaron what do you got for this this all week? right i am going back to 1989 with the nintendo entertainment system so the game i'm talking about is a puzzle game called adventures of lolo which I'm just going to ask straight up. You heard of Lolo? Nope. No? Yes, I played it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Because I actually didn't know of Adventures of Lolo. It was introduced to me by my wife. Actually, I didn't oh. know, but it was one of the few NES games that she had. And it's one of those ones that she always wants me to talk about, too, because, you know, it, it, it holds a special another place. Wife it's pick. a nostalgia. <laughs> it's funny because I talked about it with yeah, Pokemon with and everything. The... But it's a big nostalgia thing for her. And I've since... Even though I haven't played a ton of Lolo, it's notable for me because of the music. Like the music is one of those like catchy tunes. It's bubble bobble esque. Gets caught in your head. Gotta it's love a it. Short loop and it just gets stuck in your head. And I, I do love it. Even though I've maybe played like four levels of Lolo before giving up. Yeah. And uh, but it's still great. So Lolo actually is based on a Japanese series called Eggerland. And uh, Lolo was just a repackaging for the North American market. There were actually several of these Eggerland games in Japan. They took like the greatest hits of levels from those games and they made the adventures of Lolo. Mm, that seems like a good, good. It's always good when you get a, yeah. a version of a game like that. Yeah, Cause you just like get, the, you get up, the cream right? of the crop, right? Exactly. Yeah. So this game was developed by uh, HAL laboratory oh. and published by HAL America. Great developer. Exactly. We, we love HAL. Yeah. There's a, a little, I'll, get into that but there's a few like uh how sort of easter eggs that pepper through lolo even though lolo is not really a character that people remember nowadays it yeah. was a popular enough game back in the day so the composer was uh hideki kanazashi and good pronunciation it, <laughs> thank you i don't know if i'm getting that right but i, I as, long as, you, as, as long as you say it with confidence yeah it's all fine, about the confidence right? So you play as a little round ball, essentially like a fluff ball, almost like a pom-pom named Lolo. And your objective is to rescue Princess Lala from the evil King Egger, <laughs> which is one of those, you know, the classic nonsense story. This isn't a story. Nonsense names, nonsense story. I love the uh, quote. This A Nintendo rep was quoted as saying that Nintendo was trying to stretch the kids' imaginations with Lolo. 
Because <laughs> they didn't give them a story. Yeah, because so they had to make like, it up. Here's a nondescript ball with eyes named Lolo saving Lala from Egger, who is, I don't know, an egg-themed villain. I'm not 100% sure. Because even when the game, when you like shoot an enemy, you have the ability to like shoot and turn enemies into eggs. Yeah, I'm so, just looking at the cover art. Uh, if if it's the bad guy in the background, he almost almost looks like Ganon, like the original <laughs> Ganon. He's got like the kind of almost like a piggy face. I and thought he kind of looked a little bit like Wart. Maybe he's like a oh, combination yeah, 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 of yeah, like yeah. Wart and Ganon. Yeah, he's some like yeah. just mashup. <laughs> but but yet he's named King Egger, and I'm just a little baffled by like the yeah. egg themed. And well, it's but also it's like called Eggerland. Doctor so. Eggman, right? Yeah. Doesn't also doesn't make sense. <laughs> Maybe it's the Japanese. Maybe they, they just, just like love egg themes, or they thing. hate eggs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're angry about eggs. Japanese people do not like eggs. So you heard it here first. Being a puzzle game, this is actually the whole game is uh, fifty levels, and it's sort of like obstacle based puzzles where you move around a bo- sort of a tiled board. You push blocks enemies get in your way. They have movement patterns that you have to figure out and try to get around and you have to go to these like chests, collect keys, you get a gem and then you move on to the next floor. So Lolo and Lala, um, even though there was like Adventures of Lolo 2, there was an Adventures of Lolo 3, but all that was back in the NES era. We haven't really seen much of Lolo and Lala since, but they did make appearances in the Kirby series as enemies, I believe. So there was like a low, low, low and a la, la, la. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually going to bring one that extra. up. Yeah. I don't know why they added the extra low and la, but... I don't know. But it's it's weird, like, Hal is bringing their characters just back in They somewhere. just want to yeah. keep them alive, I guess. Recycle them. Yeah. And um, regarding the music, uh, actually, before I get into that, let's play the song, and then afterwards we can uh, talk a little bit more about it. So this is called the floor theme... Oh, actually, no, before I, before I get that, I, wanted, I, I, got, I have to give this setup to it. Is the reason I really picked this game, and I okay. mentioned this like this tiny little loop, right, uh, is that it was uh, Justin McElroy of Joystick criticized the music. I found this quote. It says, he really liked the game, but he says, if Lolo is undone by anything, it'll be the music. An endless loop driving players even, ever closer to the dark edge of madness. Which... I thought it was great because I can bring people this uh, song which might deliver them to the dark edge of madness. <laughs> Hopefully we don't deliver any listeners to madness. <laughs> that reminds me of the uh, Picross DS rock music, actually. <laughs> we should feature that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> but So it's the floor theme? It is the floor theme. This is the only song you hear during the a game? game. Every level is this theme oh, wow. constantly All right. for the whole game. So Here we go.
despite what uh, Justin McElroy thinks about mm. this driving people to the dark edge of madness, I love this loop. It's like, to me, it's like the bubble bobble loop. It's short, but it's catchy. Yeah. And I can listen to it all day and not get tired of it. It will yeah. never drive me to madness because <laughs> I actually love this little song. There you go. So uh, for, I, I was trying to find a little bit of information on both the, uh, on the composer. There wasn't a ton out there, but I went to the uh, Video Game Music Preservation Foundation wiki, which I'm sure- That's a great wiki. It is a great wiki. But this was the best quote I'd ever read on there about the composer Hideki Kanazashi. This, the quote says, most of the music he composed consisted of notes coming together as chords, making the music much more enjoyable to listen to. Which is just about the most generic thing you can say about, <laughs> about music, music yeah. in the world. It's like, wow, he took notes and made, made them chords. into chords, and that was made it so enjoyable he made to listen music. to. <laughs> you can play more than one note at the same yeah, time. Apparently, that was literally a bullet point on his profile. <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and I like I'm trying to find information about this game. Because I, I didn't play, like I said, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for this game. I didn't mm -hmm. play it till later in life. Was this the one you mentioned when Jordan was talking about his pick? Well, actually, As a yes. similar gameplay style? Yes. And, and it, people have, not not just me, but people, have, or viewers and uh, game critics have compared. Made that comparison? Um, Kickle Cubicle to Lolo. Yeah. So, very Thank similar. you for remembering the name I couldn't yes. remember. <laughs> yeah. I remembered because I also had written that down. So, oh, it, it, it is very similar to Kickle Cubicle. And I was going back, it, the, what, this was a great one, is that I uh, saw this quote and it led me back to an archived newspaper for, it was a Toledo, local Toledo newspaper from 1990. And I was actually wow. like scrolling through it. And that it was is fun an to go back. reference. It was, it was great because I was actually going over this newspaper and I'm reading like, you know, wedding announcements and laughing at people's funny names and yeah. looking at all the ads from, from this 1990 newspaper. But this journalist writing for this Toledo newspaper said, and this, this is why I wrote this down because it stood out to me, said that Lolo was comparable to Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, but noted that Lolo was more sophisticated. Wow. <laughs> Have this guy never played Zelda 2? No. Well, I don't, like, it, it, basically the whole gist of this article was talking about how video games aren't just for kids anymore. Adults can play them too. So it was all about, like, these are games that are good for adults. And it featured Zelda 2, and then it went on to say about another game is Lolo 2, which is more sophisticated even. That's so crazy. Yeah. Which made me laugh. Yeah. I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just disagrees. <laughs> I, I, just have away. <laughs> I have a couple of sub points on that, that this writer, <laughs> this article was great. I loved reading this article. The writer lost all credibility when he called The Legend of Zelda Adventures of Zelda. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And the article also contained this little gem about Nintendo. Somebody was quoted as saying, and I think this might have been a developer, when you can pack three megabits onto a Nintendo cartridge, you can do a whole lot more. So for reference, three megabits is 375 kilobytes. And <laughs> to put that in perspective, the MP3 file of the song that we just listened to for Lolo is nine times bigger than that. <laughs> so, so there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's always that's always amazing, right? When you see those uh, pictures online where it's like this this picture of of uh, Super Mario is bigger, or this picture of like the Mario Bros is bigger than the entire Mario Bros game. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's just like mind boggling what they what they worked with back then. And as a final note on Lolo, um, Hal Laboratories was very surprised by the success of the game. Well, there like, they took them totally off guard. They did not expect it to be big, but it's really gathered a uh, cult following. People know of Lolo, and it's uh, 
since then, it's appeared on the eShop. Like, you can get it on the eShop. You can get it on the Wii, the Wii U, and 3DS. So. There you go. Uh, so I just want to mention before we move on from uh, Lolo, is both of you talked about reskin games. And I think, um, I don't know if you guys can give me, you know, a point to refute this, but I think HAL Laboratories has to be the biggest reskinner of <laughs> games ever. Like, half the Kirby games are reskins. Like, it's crazy. Like, the Kirby uh, yarn game, that was a reskin. Or not a reskin, but it was a game like a lot of times they find games that are in development, but not yet finished and then go to the developer like an indie or, or just a smaller oh, yeah, developer yeah. and basically we'll say go to them and be like characters in this. Keep making your game, but just make it Kirby instead of this whatever generic character. I was actually looking at another another game for this, which was it started out as a mini golf game, but then became a Kirby mini golf game where instead of hitting a golf ball, you just hit Kirby through like Kirby enemies and that became the game. So yeah, I think, I don't know. Can that's you guys think of it's anyone like, else who, who I, does that all the time? Well, I don't know, but that, like that's, Nintendo's that's obviously like, done it a bit, but how laboratories clearly loves their characters. They love to put their characters into other stuff stuff. Yeah. And not like not just their own games, but yeah, do that exact thing is like, this is a great game, but you know what it needs more Kirby. Yeah. And I just feel like Lolo in there as a background <laughs> enemy. I feel like that's their thing. Yeah. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of want to reel it back just slightly because it's a musical thing. So sure, yeah, you go. mentioned that quote about making the chords, right? Mm -hmm. I was yes. thinking about like if you were a composer and you had only back in the day, PC speaker was one of the methods people could compose. And that was you could only have one note at the same time. So thinking about it from the perspective of a composer who's only ever done PC speaker music, uh, then all of a sudden you yeah, find out true. you have... Like, three channels to work with instead of one and maybe some composers they couldn't wrap their heads around it it's like yeah. you know even though the technology has changed i'm still dealing in like singular progressions of notes and then this guy's like but i can do chords yeah but i feel like if you had composed in the real world in <laughs> yeah. any capacity but here's the thing is a lot of video game composers didn't compose in the real world like a lot of these guys were programmers who uh yeah i guess that's true yeah especially I always, back in these early days who were just you know, thrown into it. Yeah. In my head, whenever I hear a composer, I always think like, oh, they must have composed music first. But you're right. A lot of them were programmers that just took on the music part of the game development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So what's the next dimension that's going to be expanded on in game music? <laughs> what I, don't, I don't know. Chords? Well, I guess I, I think I think one thing that we haven't totally gotten to yet, and I know certain games are just starting to dabble, but it's mostly because users setups don't um, generally have the capability, but getting full 360 sound because like we've had a 5.1 for a while. And I remember talking about, I think it was Halo three was mixed entirely in 5.1. And they were really proud of that because it, it was the first scale Halo game that had done it and it was done very well. But um, now in theaters and stuff like that, we have like the Dolby Atmos speakers, which have speakers that go overhead mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I feel like that'll be like the next dimension of composition. We'll be trying to compose in like a Dolby Atmos setup, which right now there's like five film composers that can do it really well. It's very, yeah. they say it's incredibly difficult to like visualize sound in a 360 space like that because for so long it's been, it was stereo. Mm -hmm. Then it was like 5.1, which a lot of people even resisted that. And then now it's full 360. So, and you're the only person I've ever heard say 5.1 before. Oh, really? Yeah. Instead uh, five, of 5.1. 5 yeah. yeah I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, I hear people say 5.1 all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. There's something about it. 5.1. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I remember I remember seeing the first setup and it like forever I heard, you know, 5.1 or 5.1 and then I saw 7.1 and I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and then how can and you? Then, and then somebody was like, 
I've got a 7.2 setup. I was like, you got two subwoofers? <laughs> when I was younger, it blew my mind. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that's it for our picks this week. And because it is week four, it means it is time for the game, the name that tune game. So uh, I did a bit of a theme this week. Uh, so all these sounds, and this is, you know, it's not a big hint, but all these sounds are from puzzle games. So, oh man, uh, I believe... I think all of you have, or both of you have played all these games. I hope, but that's always something that I, I generally messed up. Yeah. All of both of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, both of you have played all of these games is what I'm hoping, uh, or at least we'll be able to identify the sound. Um, uh, I changed it up a little bit this week. Usually I try and keep the samples about the same length. These ones, uh, for some reason, and I didn't actually mean it this way, but each sound bite gets a little longer. So the first one's really short and then lo- progressively longer. But anyway, uh, let's do... Uh, your first listen through the music. One sec. Oh yeah. Can you, can you refresh me on the rules? On the scoring, I don't know if they've changed. Yeah, and actually, yeah. and they did change for this one because so what it used to be was the game, the track, and the composer. I've gotten rid of the composer because I feel like it was that's impossible. Well, either it, it was either impossible or you both got it because it was like Koji Kondo or yeah, someone. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna ditch that, and this time the bonus point. So really, it's like two with a bonus three. The bonus point is if you can identify the system, uh, because I feel mm-hmm. like, and especially for some of these, uh, it's a little more interesting because you need to really know what the NES or what the Genesis or whatever sounds like. Yeah. So right, it's the right. it's track. To- the game and then the system. Those are your three points. So and by track by track. We could also say like with the level, I suppose the level say. of the yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whichever. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. Or the sound, whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so you guys both ready for your first listen. Yeah. Even oh. though I'm driven to the brink of madness. <laughs> by Lolo. All right, here we go. So there's your first listen through. So were there five now? There are five. Yeah. 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 It's always five. Yep. So I'll give you guys some time to write down. Just write down. Yeah. Do you you need more time? No. No, I'm good. All right. Second listen. Can you turn up just a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 No problem. Sorry. I'm just used to keeping it low because we're talking. But all right. Here we go. Second listen through. another listen yep you get three you want do you want it (laughs) do you want it right away just just so you know this is impossible is it really (laughs) bad okay all right maybe we'll do a fourth listen for this one if you guys want it if you if you think it'll make a difference all right give me a little more volume here you go here's your third listen (laughs) 
Also, another hint for you guys. We've talked about almost every one of these games, if not all of them, this month. In some capacity or the other. Mm. Sometimes just in passing, but we have talked about all of them. All right. Do you want another listen? Is, it, want is another it worth listen. it? All right. Yeah. It's not going to help me, but I, I still want <laughs> But you want listen. it anyway. All right. All right. Listen number four. too hard <laughs> i can just see it in your guys faces <laughs> yeah i apologize I'm I, I i always think i'm doing i'm trying to make it easy i gotta go just it's, as simple as yeah. simple as can be. be a little more obvious i guess most were familiar but but see i'm trying to make it not too easy but just a little too challenging but it, or a little challenging but i always make it too challenging but anyway all right let's go to the scoring uh let me get norm and aaron all right so, Norm, what do you got for me on the first one? Nothing. Nothing? Anything? You know, you said it was a puzzle game. For some reason, it reminded me of Mario Land. It's a Game Boy game, isn't it? It is Game Boy, so you get a point for that. You get a point for Game Boy. Yeah, you I get a point was, for Game Boy. But I, I couldn't, and even though it's really familiar, some, some victory thing, I couldn't. It's a stage clear in Tetris. Is it? Oh, dang it. It's a stage it. clear in Tetris on the Game Boy. You know what? It was also simple enough that it, it, I'm like, this has got to be an early Game Boy game. Yeah. So... You're very close. Well, yeah. you got Game Boy, so you got a point out of it. You got a point out of it. All right. So the second one was, uh, do you know? Bubble Bobble. Yep. Yeah. And what was it? And it's, um, it was the, uh, did, was it the Game Over? It was do, 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 do. Yeah, it was Game Over. Yeah. 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 And then. And that was the arcade version, was it not? It was. Very oh, good. All man. three. Norm, did you get any of that? I got arcade. I Okay. So I knew it was Bubble Bobble, but I don't consider Bubble Bobble a puzzle game. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, that <laughs> that, that's, that's I was a bit like, of a trick. I was like, I guess it is. I know yeah. it's not Puzzle Bobble because Puzzle Bobble's newer than that music. Anyway, I got arcade. That's all I got. Sorry. Yeah. All right. That's probably I, my fault. I, and I knew that one because, you know, Bubble Bobble is just burned, burned in my Well, head, I figured, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, the third one, uh, we'll go back to Norm. Did you get that one? Dr. Mario. Yes. And what's the tune? Uh, it's not stage clear and it's not game over, so I don't quite know. <laughs> and on what system? NES. Yeah. And I had nothing. I didn't get any of that. Yeah. It actually was game over. It w- For which mode? Uh, single player. <laughs> Damn it. it yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. not the... It's not the two player. Uh, I know, because I listened to me. both. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. Cool. Okay. So right now, Aaron's only ahead by one. So actually, Uh-oh. this is a tight race, so this is fun. Uh, number four. Do you have anything? I wrote down... Sonic something? Nope. <laughs> but uh, I, I did write down Genesis. It was Genesis game. No, it was not Genesis. No, it was, damn it. Do you know what it was, Norm? Uh, I thought you would get this one. Puzzle Fighter. Yes. Stage oh, Select. Oh, damn. Yes. Arcade. Oh. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, Norm pulls uh, ahead. Yeah. All right. So it all I'm, comes I'm down. not pulling it out in the last one. I'll Are you, you not? <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> all right. Did you? So nothing? I only had NES written down for a It system. is NES. So that's a single point. And then... Did you have anything? I didn't even try for the system, but yeah, I got nothing. You had nothing. Really? So the last one was the opening theme theme from Lemmings for the NES. Was it? Oh, I didn't know. I did not even Uh, know Lemmings was on the NES. Yeah. So that was March of the Mods. It's on like literally everything, but 
Uh, that was the opening theme. So, oh wait, I got to count it out. One, two. <laughs> I think Norm's ahead by a point. Yeah, Norm won by one point. Wow. Okay, oh, that was man, actually was, that ended up being a fun race, even though it was challenging. Puzzle Good fighter game. did me in. Good game. Good game. All right. Yeah. So Norm's got the belt. <laughs> there you go. So Norm holds the title until next month. Fantastic. Oh, that was fun. Actually, I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> I made it hard because it was like more exciting. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I guess the goal isn't to get 100 percent right. No, yeah, so it's, no, it's just to to beat your opponent. So you know what? Uh, I like the bonus ones where you can yes. at least guess the system. That, yeah, that's, that's a, that works well. That works really good. So we're gonna we're gonna continue forward with that. I think yeah, that makes good. a lot more sense. Uh, all right. So there you go. So yeah, maybe a little too challenging. <laughs> I don't know. Tell, uh, tell us, uh, send us a tweet. If you just like you smoke them all and, <laughs> and Norm and Aaron aren't even good at this game and you could have killed them. Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plebs. Yeah. Let us know. But yeah, so that's it for part four of episode 17 of VGM generations, the 50th episode. And remember, you can always tweet us at VGM generations or email us at the, uh, email address VGM generations at gmail.com. And uh, for our contest this month, um, by communicating with us in any way, shape, or form on Twitter or Facebook now, uh, you could win Ori in the Blind Forest on Steam, Castlevania 3 on the eShop, uh, Reigns uh, on iOS, Android, or Steam. And I'm also just for fun going to throw in threes on iOS and Android because I liked it a lot. Even And even if you're... Don't like it like Aaron did. We could, always, it was we could always throw in Lolo on the eShop. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, if you really, please, whatever. If you really want Lolo, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you really want Logo, uh, I'll, I'll give you that one too. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's it uh, for this month. This of Puzzle Game Month. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you played along at home with our game, and we will catch you guys on the next one.